0: Hello and welcome to the Bulletin and Beyond. I'm Kira Gillespie. I'm joined this week by Ben Sylvester, gonna walk you through a few highlights in news this week. Now, a really lovely story came out today on Friday of a shopper who carried around a gift card for almost 50 years and the store actually honored it. Yeah. Um, So, it was Warnable man Philip Hicks who had carried along the unused gift card in his wallet, waiting to spend it. So, the $30 Clancy menswear card, um, he actually received that in 1976, it was given to him for Christmas, um, when he was working at the iconic Fletcher Jones factory. He's carried it around and he recently went to the store to buy a suit for his granddaughter's wedding, which is coming up. And they actually threw in a little bit more money just to uh, cover inflation for him. So yep. um, yeah, it's a really sweet story, that one. Um, I don't know
1: how much of a suit, maybe like an arm, we would yeah. get you these days. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> 30 bucks, yeah. <laughs> um, and you've been covering some Moineshire news as always this week, Ben.
1: Yeah, so it came out last week that um, the Sungold Field Days would be moving from um, its current site in Allensford. Um, and that took uh, Moyneshire, which is where the field days are, so just the edge of Allensford is where Moynes sort of starts. So they were kind of, um, they felt blindsided by this announcement, you know, hearing about it in the press um, and brought it up at their council meeting. Um And so, sort of got in touch with the new um, organizers of the event, taking over from Saputo, um, McPherson Media Group. And they said that there was no actual choice in having to move the event. the the site that they had was no longer fit for purpose and it was actually part of the contract they signed um, to take over the the thing from Saputo that um, it had to move. Mm. So um, they are looking for places to to hold it in Warrnambool among other places um, and I guess they'll just have to see um, where there's an appropriate site. the sense i get is that they'll have some trouble because it's such a big event mm. um and the way they explain it they need to be quite close to a large population center um like warrnambool so th- the previous site was ideal in many respects and so they'll have to find something that's kind of equivalent but um yeah Moyne are very keen to keep it in the shire they um,
0: seemed a bit miffed that you'd move a uh, a country event to what they say you know it's a city it's a city yeah yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so you know, I'm sure that the, the organisers will find a solution, but um, they had to cancel the 2022 event because um, without a location, there was just going to be too much to do um, before uh, Feb, yeah. know, when it was going to happen. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there.
0: Now, in court news, a woman has been found not guilty of murdering her partner at a Port Ferry caravan park in 2019. So today, on Friday, the 10th of December, the verdict was handed down by the jury, which found that Jessica Wilson, aged 37, she faced the Warrnambool Supreme Court over the fatal stabbing of Marcus Adams, who was 35 at the time and it happened at Port Ferry's Catalina Caravan Park in September 2019. So they reached um, a not guilty verdict for the murder charge and also the alternate charge of manslaughter, also not guilty, and she was able to walk free. It brings to close a 10-day trial which started on November 25 and heard from multiple witnesses, including residents who were at the caravan park on the night of the stabbing, as well as forensic investigators and medical experts now milk prices have been on the agenda for you ben
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so well there was a a quarterly report released by rubber bank which a big sort of bank financial institution they do a a quarterly dairy report for the entire world and um the recent one was pretty alarming saying that um milk supply was teetering on the edge Um, i don't know what edge of what whether they were implying collapse or something like that but Um, I spoke to some of the um, head honchos at Fonterra Australia about um, this low milk supply, asking them how it came about and what it means. They basically said that um, milk production in Europe and the US hadn't been as high as anticipated, but also in Australia and New Zealand, um, the weather conditions, you know, having a lot of rain actually um, suppressed peak supply. So, you know, normally you'd think that um, really wet conditions would be great, grass grows, etc. But um, they explained that when it gets too wet, you can't actually get the cows into the graze paddocks. And in fact, a lot of the paddocks get so wet that if the cows went in there, they would really do a lot of damage. Um, so yeah, interestingly, there hasn't been as much supply as um, there might've been. And also in Australia and New Zealand, there were a lot of other factors impacting that. So the, the, the lack of migrant workers, um, because we've had such um, harsh border rules, um, meant that the mobility of labor had, had been difficult. Now there are also um, issues to do with supply chains. So um, the availability of shipping containers and pallets um, to, to transport, the milk on has become a problem with getting it out of the country, um, which apparently I just read that um, beer is also going to be in short supply because oh, no. <laughs> yeah, which is bad timing with this holiday season coming up. Mm. But um, on the milk subject, um, the price will probably go up. It's recently gone up in supermarket shelves to I think a dollar thirty. But the Fonterra Australia Farm Source Director Matt Watt, said that um he expected it to continue to rise so he assured everyone that um australians wouldn't see milk disappearing from supermarket shelves but he said that that, that price pressure would probably put um the cost of you know um, a liter of milk up um so that's an interesting one but farmers are smiling the the price you know at the farm gate is really really good for them so even if supply has been a little down, they're, they're having a, a pretty good time. So, um, yeah, it's sort of mix mm. in that one, yeah.
0: That's good after such a tough, you know, it has been such a tough period, so... Yeah, I guess so definitely five
1: years ago they were not having a good time, but yeah. Um, yeah. recent seasons have been good and the milk price is as high as it's ever been, apparently,
0: so cool. Great news for our region, which is a huge agricultural region. Yeah. So the South West recorded a rise in the number of family violence intervention orders that were breached. So there's a big article in Saturday's paper from myself and our court reporter Jessica Howard talking about um, all of these stats and what that sort of means for the region. We spoke to Chris Asenjo, he's a detective senior sergeant um, and he oversees, he's the commanding officer of family violence in the region and he had a really strong message to say that family violence isn't just physical violence and that things like breaches of intervention orders um, it means that victim survivors are constantly living in fear um, and the courts hear these stories daily and these these cases are increasing um, so in the region over the last 12 months in Moyneshire breaches to IVOs increased 142 percent in southern Grampians 126 percent Glenelg 104.5%, Colac-Otway 97%, Warrnambool 29% and Corangamite saw a drop of 50% interestingly enough. So across the whole region it's a rise of 62% in breaches of IVOs. I myself sat in a court um, hearing uh, court matter this week um, which was a family violence matter and um, it heard of um, issues such as um, an accused man using friends to get multiple SIM cards and multiple phone numbers to contact this um, victim survivor and, mm-hmm. um, you know, when children are involved, uh, a magistrate had very strong words about um, any behaviour that children see, that's also family violence. Um, it doesn't just have to be between spouses if they can witness it too. That really does impact impact a young person and impact children. So, um, you know, it's not, it's not a topic that is nice to talk about, I suppose, but it is happening and it is on the rise. So it's really important. I guess to highlight the issue.
1: Um, uh, yeah so was there any um, link established with this rise and the fact that COVID has created lockdowns and people are you know a bit sort of insulated in their homes?
2: Yes
0: well that has been um, that's sort of not as linked to this story, but that is definitely something that has been reported Mm as more people are spending more time at home. That does mean that victims um, and perpetrators, um, you know, there are more instances of that and they are confined to their homes more, which is where these incidents can occur. Um, But with this story in particular, um, Detective Senior Sergeant Asenjo said that... um, basically people are having more confidence in police so there's more reporting to police and police are actually taking these breaches more seriously because they can lead to worse behaviour so it could be it could be the breach of an IVO that could lead to say a physical, uh, physical altercation or worse so um, if they don't take it seriously at that early stage you know it could develop further so um, yeah it's it's not good to see, but to see that there is more reporting and that police are taking it more seriously is a really important step, I think. Mm. Now, Ben, you went down to the Warnable station this week for um, a concerned business owner. Tell me about what happened there.
1: Yeah, so Fiona Van Kempen um, has run the Warnable tours um, for several years now. Um, she started, I think, in 2018. Um, and when she started, uh, running these tours with uh, her tour bus, it was very much connected with um, the the train services that would come down, would bring people down. Warrnambool has always been a place that people would sort of drive through or visit whilst driving and not really stay multiple nights, that sort of thing. And um, what she was trying to do with Warrnambool tours was get people to come down on the train and stay for a few days, come and do tours of you know the great locations that are you know within striking distance of warnable using um the city as a base so go to the apostles go to cape bridgewater go to the grampians which are all sort of about an hour away um, and advertised really heavily with v-line um as as the way to get down and do that and what happened um at the start of 2020 sort of just before COVID hit was um, she had always parked her bus in the, the coach area, um, which is right out the front of the station. And she was suddenly asked um, by the station master to not do that anymore. And she found that really interrupted her business. She had to go down and park in the public car park, which sometimes there would be a space, a, a decent distance for her, but often it would be quite a long way, especially with a lot of the older people that um, would come on her tours Um, she had stories of you know having to drop you know an old lady in the pouring rain with all her bags and have her walk Mm. um, some distance to the station and eventually she just decided to um, stop picking people up at the station altogether Um, so it's interrupted her business quite a lot she said she lost bookings from it um, and never received sort of uh, an adequate justification in her view um for the decision um v-line uh, responded to inquiries about it saying that you know it just wasn't possible to schedule in uh someone with a minibus in that coach area um i guess the the counter to that was that um when um fiona uh Contacted V-Line about this they said alright you can do this but you have to try to book in and so then she tried to book in and uh, they said no and then she said but I haven't even told you what dates I want to book in at and it, it frustrated her <clears throat> and now with things opening up again um, and tourism really starting to get buzzing um, she saw this as a Sort of an opportunity to to ask again uh, whether there can be some sort of compromise found, and um, you know, restoring that sort of mutually beneficial relationship that they had had um, prior to to March twenty twenty when she was told to to leave the area. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one. It's one that uh, the South Coast um, MP Roman Britton also raised in uh, Parliament, asking the Transport Minister to provide some sort of explanation as to what was going on and you know find a solution that really works for everyone involved because um it was a a big bonus for v-line getting people down on the train to go on these tours so Mm. um it would seem like a common sense solution is is there yeah um, i guess we'll wait and see um yeah what happens there
0: yeah hopefully they find a resolution soon Yep. thanks for your time ben now I'm joined by our sports editor, Justine mccullough Welcome, Justine. Thanks, Kira. Thanks for having me. Now, I hear there's a bit of movement in basketball. There's a new recruit at the Mermaids, is there? Yeah,
2: this is great because it's not often that the big V side, uh, particularly the women's side, gets new players from out of town, um, but they've had one following their lap with uh, Killy Hillis, who's moved down from Ballarat. She's got a teaching gig at Brow College next year. So that's a really big coup for them ahead of the big V season. Um, and it could be a bit of a watch this space with a little bit more movement to come, which is great. Um, yeah, which is, you know, it's a really, um, it's really important that they get some some fresh faces in to compliment what is a very, very young team because mm. they've got a lot of 14, 15 year olds playing in a statewide competition, which is pretty challenging, but exciting at the same time. So yeah, that's really, really cool. And um, we've also got one of the local basketballers back from Tasmania at the moment. Um, Leah Bartlett has come back from Hobart where she's studying medicine. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's her school break and she's decided to play uh, CBL, the Country Basketball League, for the Mermaids, which is massive for them, um, mostly because she's been playing MBL uh, 1, which is a tier down from the WNBL wow. um, down in Tassie. So, yeah, she's pretty handy. So. Yeah, I think it'll be one to watch for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's been a bit going on at the VFL? yeah we've got a little bit of movement there too obviously it's a bit of a waiting game for some kids who i shouldn't say kids and teenagers um, and people in their early 20s who are training down um, with certain vfl clubs ahead of the 2022 season so um, they're not guaranteed a spot but it's a really good opportunity to go down there show these clubs what you can do and hopefully uh, yeah, earn a spot on the list next year. So we've got the likes of um, Archie Stevens from South Warnable training down with Carlton. Uh, Josh Chatfield, who used to play uh, for Croy, he's a Premiership player at the Saints, is having a run with Footscray, and the likes of Fraser Morris, who's also from South Warnable, is down with Geelong. So yeah, it's really exciting. Um, I think we'll have a fair few in the VFL next season. Great.
0: And it was a really good weekend just gone with the Warrnambool and Terrain Gifts.
2: Um, tell me a bit about that. Yeah this is always a really good weekend um, with the the two gifts um, on the Saturday and Sunday, the double header which brings a lot of athletes from uh, around the country, there was a lot of people from New South Wales that came down to compete but yeah on Saturday it was really exciting to see a young Warrnambool girl in Layla Watson win her home gift. Um, It was a very close finish, she wasn't sure if she'd won it but um, yeah, really impressive effort, she's only 16 and obviously has a very bright future in athletics Um, And she was racing alongside her good mate, Grace Kelly, who is really one to watch. She's um, already made the stall Gift final. She's only 15. So, yeah, there's a a lot of promise here in athletics at the moment and um, a couple of clubs that are helping some of these young people really uh, do well in their chosen fields. And we do have to mention we had our very own sport journalist, Brian Allen, <laughs> who ran in the Warrnambool Gift as well. He so did. Yes, on him. Brian is our jack of all trades. He, um, <laughs> I think he played cricket for Corroy in the afternoon and then uh, ran off a very hard back marker in, <laughs> in the 1,600 metres at the Warrnambool Gift. So good on you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for listening to The Bulletin and Beyond. We'll be back next week.